for your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. candy, candy. Cisco Kennedy, JC, this is Air Candy. Back in the studio. This is an exciting day in the studio. Lots to talk about. Couldn't agree more. Lots of good news for our fans. In fact, big news. So from the last time that we were in the studio doing an episode, uh, a few big events have happened in the electronic world. And probably one of the biggest was down in Miami, Florida, which is Ultra Music Festival, Ultra Music Week. Uh, You were down there. I was down there. I wasn't scheduled to go this year. Ultra and EDC have been traditions of mine, Electric Zoo as well, for a number of years. But this year, um, I wasn't planning to go. And then something happened in my life that is bigger than Ultra Miami. What was that? Well, one day, I looked down at my cell phone, and I got a message from you, only to learn that Tiesto, in his Club Life podcast number 8. 31 chose to play a coffee and candy remix of Frida Redding's Weekends. And that, my friend, swept me off my feet and reinvigorated me regarding my passion to continue on this journey together. And when that happened, I knew, I knew I had to be in Ultra Miami, regardless of my other professional obligations, to be present with all of the artists in the industry today to study the sets that they had spent so much time compiling for the fan base and just be part of the scene that has motivated me to be part of Coffee and Candy for all of this time. Yeah, and I'm sure just as much as you enjoyed it as a fan, as a spectator, you were also kind of with your mental pen and pad, probably taking some notes and sort of studying, kind of observing what you saw, heard, witnessed both on stage and how the fans kind of reacted to the songs and sets. sets. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, as a fan, I've been going to nightclubs in major cities for a number of years to see, you know, what I would describe as the commercial A-list of DJs. Tiesto's, Afrojack, Chainsmokers, David Guetta, uh, Marshmallow, and the list goes on and on and on. And it's always great to see them in the nightclub environment because it's a little more intimate. Mm -hmm. But there is no replacement for the festival experience. I mean, I think that to these artists, much like they have a passion for music, it's also their job, their career. And in essence, it's work. And I and I you see that in the clubs, especially when they're on the road for a while and they're going from city to city. You can kind of see that they don't bring necessarily the consistent same level of energy and the sets aren't delivered with the same level of punch. But it's been my experience and my observations, having gone to these festivals for a number of years now, that the artists are just as excited to be there to play their sets as the fans are to be there to listen to them. And um You know, I started going to Ultra maybe 10 years ago. I go to Ultra Miami. There are Ultra events in other countries, but Ultra Ultra Miami is considered their flagship event. Um, And it's 
It's amazing. It's it's a real experience. But back to your point. Yes, I was there as a fan, but I was there with my pad and pen studying the sets. Uh, I went from stage to stage to see different artists and different uh, genres. For example, I, I like to camp out at the main stage. That's where the big acts are. Tiesto, Afrojack, David Guetta, and the list goes on. But there are other smaller stages. And this year, I went to some of the smaller stages and got to see uh, Cascade and Dead Mouse perform as KX5, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. I popped in on the Carl Cox tent and I got to see Carl Cox play for a little bit. Uh, Adam Bayer played for a little bit. Uh, Eric Pritz played for a little bit. So I really got to soak up the various vibes that the different artists were putting out. And uh, I'm so glad I went. And I hope next year that you can join me as well for your um, cherry-breaking experience (laughs) as you remain a dance um, music festival virgin. I hope that you will uh, break your cherry with me next March 2024 in Miami. I hope so, too. I really want to get down there. I'm just so damn good at what I do that people hire me left and right, and I get pre-booked a whole year in advance. But I did make a commitment for 2024 I already wrote it down in my phone uh, so I'm excited about that I mean it's just you know when, when Afrojack um, took the stage I forget he made a comment just commenting on Ultra and he said something like uh, this was like Disneyland for dance music lovers this weekend and, sure. and he happens to be one of those artists uh, Nick comes in and he stays for the whole weekend He picks up multiple sets, he plays on different stages, and he just loves to immerse himself in the crowds and go around and see every lots of folks where maybe a a Tiesto or a David Guetta might fly in for the the event and then fly back out. But Mm -hmm. it is an absolute scene. It's not just the festival. It's the entire Miami Beach. It's the uh, Winter Music Conference. They call it Miami Music Week. So just about every venue, both on the beach and in the greater city of Miami, has a schedule. Something's going on, whether it be a pool party, a lounge, a nightclub, plus the festival. And, and it's it's definitely a who's who event. And it's also an event to listen to and learn about new artists who are on their way up. Because, of course, in many of these venues, the event might last eight, ten hours. There are plenty of openers mm-hmm. that come in before the headliners show up. So it's an absolute place to be. And don't miss it next year or we're going to have problems. And you know what? Speaking of that, I'm just going to plug us right now. If there's anyone out there who has any sort of involvement or attachment to putting these sorts of things together, whether you're at a nightclub, a venue, a day party, a pool party, coffee and candy, we are interested uh, in perhaps doing a set. Even as, if it's opening up at that 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon uh, for a pool party or like a day club on the beach somewhere, uh, we do plan to be there the third week of March in 2024. So if anyone is is a fan of our music, if you heard some of our live sets or some of our remixes or our songs, feel free to hit, hit us up on our Instagram, Coffee and Candy or CoffeeandCandy.com. Uh, we would love to connect with Anyone who is willing to help us get down to Miami to play, right? Absolutely, it would be a, it would be a dream come true. Now, yeah. let me share this little tidbit with you. All right, uh, you know, but the fan base doesn't. Uh, while I was there for Miami Music Week, uh, I had a chance encounter with Armin Van Buren. He played on the main stage, I believe, on Saturday. 
Um, and by the way, in case folks didn't know, Ultra was March of this year. It was uh, March 24th, 25th, and 26th. Mm-hmm. Friday, and, Saturday, Sunday. Correct. It usually gates open at Friday, like around 4 p.m. until 11. And then Saturday and Sunday, gates open closer to like 1 o'clock p.m until 11 p.m. Because the event takes place in the middle of the city of Miami, there are residential buildings that surround the Bayfront Park area. So they they close it down at a, at a re- relatively reasonable hour, which then permits folks to go on to enjoy the after parties and the club scene, which rocks until 5 a.m. Sure. In any event, we stayed at a hotel this trip called the Satai. First time there, I usually stay at another hotel or two. Um, and my wife and I went down to have breakfast uh, on the Saturday, and lo and behold, sitting right next to us was uh, was Armin Van Buren with his wife. Pretty cool. So I looked over, and nobody seemed to bother him. A couple of folks that were, you can tell, were like industry people, maybe marketers or promoters, producers, stopped in and said hello, shook his hand, but nobody was bothering him. And then as he went to step up, I said, hey, hey, Armin, he turned around, I put my hand out, shook his hand, and we chatted for about five minutes, and uh, I told him a true story. I said, hey, Armin, um, you know, you've helped inspire me. He goes, how so? I said, hey, you're a lawyer. He said, yeah, how did you know that? I said, I know your background. I'm a lawyer as well, and I'm aspiring to become a producer and a DJ. I said, I look forward to seeing you. And he said, hey, I'll see you on the main stage, right? He shook my hand, and he and his wife went on their way. Totally approachable, totally a normal guy, family guy. He's got married. He has kids, you know, lives in um, in Holland. But just a regular guy who's been at it for a very long time, and he's had a great career and continues to bring us great music. How cool is that, huh? It was great. Over the years, I've had occasions to meet a number of folks. I met Tiesto by chance in a restaurant one day. I met Afrojack when he played at the Shrine after his show. We chatted for about five minutes. They were all very approachable. Mm -hmm. And... None of them seem to have like huge egos where they're not interested in talking to the fan base. Um, especially whenever I meet any of them, I always address them by their first name, and it just totally like bring down brings down the barriers. I've spoken to Cascade; his name is Ryan. These guys are like relaxed. They're happy to talk a little bit about their career and what they're up to, what they're doing, and what's very emulable or you know about them that I that I look up to is that. Many of the icons of the commercial dance industry today are all interested in fostering along new talent. Mm-hmm. In other words, the egos aren't so great that they're looking to, you know, soak up all the accolades and all the bookings and all the money to themselves. But many of them are starting their own production companies and they're out scouting new talent. Yeah. And, and they use Ultra as an occasion to introduce new artists. David Guetta's famous for doing that. Um, I remember years ago when when Tiesto introduced Oliver Heldens, who, you know, really was not well known at the time. Uh, Afrojack has done that a number of times. Last year at uh, at Ultra, David Guetta introduced Joel Corey, who he's worked with quite a bit. Um, Steve Aoki is constantly promoting new talent that he tried that he signs with his dim mock label yep. afrojack is now doing the same thing with sesco who he was on tour with that we saw together in boston with wall recordings mm-hmm. so so for for coffee and candy what does this mean it means that there are a lot of very accomplished artists 
who are not only committed to their own advancement, but they're now developing their own production companies and recording studios to foster new talent, to expand and evolve into, as like we like to say, keep the music alive. Yeah, there always has to be, as I like to call it, fresh blood in the industry. You have your career for so many years, you're at the peak, you're at the pinnacle, now, what do you do? You've achieved all the accolades that you wanted to within that industry. All you can really do is now open the gates for the next generation and kind of lead them in a way uh, that that kind of helped you. And um, I, I, I think that that will continue for a long time to come. Um, I think one of the great things about our remix of that weekend song um, is is that it does give a little hope to say hey people are listening out there i didn't even know about this it was brought to my attention by a fan by a fan who had reached out and said hey great remix of such and such song is there any way that i can get a downloadable link and at first i'm like what did you hear? What, what, what are you talking about? And then when he explained to me, it was on Club Life. And he's like, what, you haven't heard it? I said, no, I haven't. And he, he sent me the link. And that's why I said, wow, pretty cool. One of the things that I picked up on is, uh, like, not only was it involved in the mix, but it was at the top. It was the second track right after he played his latest, uh, like, single. All Nighter. He, yeah. opened, he opened with All Nighter without even doing the traditional commentary mm-hmm. that comes after the club life intro. Yeah. And when all light all nighter concluded, again episode 831, Tiesto came on with his normal uh, vocal intro, you know, announcing it was episode 831 and all the great artists and remixes that he had coming up and before he was going to get to any of that, including Skrillex, he said that he had a new remix Frida Redding's Weekends, the Coffee and Candy yeah. remix. And um, like, we're going to play Freya, that. Freda Redding's, not sure how, exactly how her name is pronounced, but she is, she's new to the American audience. I know that. I know she has uh, a fan base in Europe, in the UK, um, but I know that she's like relatively unknown in the USA. And when I was doing my downloads and I was going through some of the new songs that were out, something about her song, and it was a ballad, it's just like her and the piano, um, something about it just kind of spoke to me and said, hey, this is a great candidate for a remix. And I wasn't even thinking some big DJ is going to want to pick this up and put it into his mix show. I was just going with what I felt. I felt a connection to it. Um, and uh, that's why I just kind of took a shot. And that's why you got to keep taking stabs and putting mixes out because you never know what's going to stick. It's it's not always the big popular names that we try to remix. Um, sometimes it's the unknown upcoming artists that give us our next big break. To- totally agree with you. And Freda or Frida Reddings, however mm-hmm. she's pronouncing it. Uh, the Weekends is a great track. I mean, I listen to it. It's great lyrics. It's got a great melody. I like it a lot. But I really think, and I don't mean any disrespect to her, I think that the remix we created does a great service to the song because the song is not a dance song. No. It's like a, it's pop, a ballad. Yeah, yeah, a poppy ballad. Uh, and I think that the remix that Coffee and Candy created does great service to that song. And if, and 
her producers and her label were to recognize the quality of the remix and bless it as an official remix, it could take that song to whole new audiences that may not even know Freda Reddings exists. Yep, and yep. this is what I mean by keeping the music alive, transforming the music, taking a song, recreating it, bringing it to another genre, bringing it to another population of fans and, and expanding its impact on, on the overall population. Yeah, yeah. And this is just another continuation of uh, you know, what what helps us to stay excited about making music. When these experiences happen, it shows us, hey, you know what? Maybe things aren't happening as fast as we would like to, but we're on the right path. People are out there listening, and we just got to keep keeping the music alive. I couldn't agree more. And there are so many ways to do that with the remixes, with the original productions, mm -hmm. and by helping to play the works of other artists to the fans that are now listening to our music. Yeah. So getting back to the ultra set, did you happen to notice, uh, you know, since like you were there and you were there for the whole time you heard everyone's set, like, did you notice that there were uh, a lot of older tunes being remixed and, and, and mixed in those sets or where they kind of stick into sort of their big hits. I, I know that's the thing where they have to play some of their big, uh, like euphoric records that made them who they are as the artist. But in like the mix of all that, like did you hear and notice a lot of stuff from like the 70s and the 80s being uh, like weaving into a lot of these sets or, or, or not? I wouldn't say that I heard a lot of stuff from the 70s and 80s being weaved in. There might have been some dance classics from the 90s or the early 2000s that were that were brought in for pieces, but nothing that went as far back as the 70s and the 80s. I think that when the big commercial acts go to a festival, uh, they, they know that they have to deliver a show-stopping product to a very large fan base. Mm -hmm. And I think that they do that uh, in two ways. One, by playing the classics, whether they're classics uh, that they created in their original form or whether they have uh, altered or remixed an old classic, but given the, the audience a version of the classics. Yeah. And as they do that, they also weave in new songs and they love to use Ultra because it is Music Week to debut a new track or two or three weaved into the set. And Geta, Tiesto, Afrojack, and others, they will announce that it's brand new music so that everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they play tracks of other artists, perhaps um, something that's really popular. For example, I'm just thinking back to last year, uh, Own Boss came out with Move Your Body, and it has that, you know, uh, signature uh, organ sound, if you will. Yeah. A lot of artists weaved that into their sets last year. It was a big I, record. It was a big record. Still a big record. Still is. I didn't see a lot of that this year, um, but uh, I did... Alice DJ, Better Off Alone. That song sort of, in my view, got revived this year uh, with the Pickle remix, that sort of a Tech House twist that was on all the pools. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of artists played that track in the existing Pickle remix form. Yeah. And, so and like as you I, picked up on it, like right you away, noticed. I, I'm standing in the middle of a crowd. There's yeah. thousands of people around me. I look at my wife and I say, babe, we have this record. 
Yeah. And she just laughed at me yeah. because yeah. I was nerdy enough to know that. Uh, where everybody <laughs> else thought they were hearing it for the first time, you and I were playing it two months ago. Yeah. But, but in other words... I would imagine it's a great honor, a great tribute to be Pickle, who remixed that, and hear David Guetta drop it, uh, Afrojack drop it, Tiesto drop it. That's a big deal. Huge. Sometimes when I'm making these remixes, um, I try to vision some of these big artists kind of mixing them in, I like dropping them in their sets, and I it, it kind of helps me to understand, is this something kind of worthy of a big DJ playing, right? Would they want to play this? Now, it's not that I always do that, but every now and then I catch myself just sort of daydreaming uh, when I'm kind of in the studio and I have it on a loop and I'm listening back to it and I have to give myself that uh, like validation, like, is this good? Should I scrap this? Should I continue with it? Those sort of thoughts kind of pop into my mind. Like, would David Guetta put this in his set? You know, could he? Well, that's a good standard to have for yourself. Why not, right? That'll, that'll keep you shooting for the, for the stars at all times. Yeah, yeah. But as we're talking out loud here, something just came to mind. And and I, I really want to be the myth buster here. <laughs> and, and I hope this doesn't cause any controversy. But there are a lot of people, even some local people, who when they heard that I went to Ultra, uh, they commented that uh, Ultra was whack because uh, it's just a bunch of DJs playing a bunch of pre-recorded sets. And and I'm going to tell you my spin on that right now. All right. That is absolutely not true. It is absolutely false. You have to keep in mind that your average song is what? Two, three, four minutes long, right? Yes. Well, guess what? When Geta and Tiesto and Afrojack and any other A-list artist takes the main stage, he's got 60 minutes to deliver his set. He's not playing at a nightclub for four hours, so his songs are not going to play for their entirety. Because if he were to do that, he wouldn't be able to deliver the volume and variety of tracks to the audience. There's a timer at, at, at the DJ booth on the main stage if you look at any of the videos it's it's a countdown of how much longer they have everything is planned the intro and all the songs that they're going to play so in order to deliver the volume and the variety what i believe is happening is that the artists are creating tracks utilizing uh digital workstations essentially logic ableton what have you yeah and they are creating a collage of all of the classics and variations of the classics and new tracks and other artist tracks and assembling assembling them in an order that works that takes the audience on the journey of the builds the drops the highs and the lows and they're matching it in key they're matching it in bpm and they're probably bouncing out those tracks in three-minute segments, maybe two-minute segments. By the way, a two-minute segment of an ultra track may have four different songs in it. And it's being done in the software because this style, this impactful style of a festival set could never be delivered in that particular fashion and form if it was being done live. There's no way that anybody would have the concentration and the ability 
to shift from track to track every 30 seconds without making a mistake. This is why I believe the segments are built in those two and three minute pieces. But if you study the DJs and you watch the videos, they are working the controllers, they're working the, the mixers, they're working the effects, and they're on the headphones. So anybody who thinks that this is all pre-recorded is really living a dream. Those DJs aren't up there just acting it out. I don't believe that for one second. Okay. I mean, everything you said sounds legit. Um, I agree with you. I think they just got a bad rap by some things that maybe had happened in the past where some DJs were just exposed with doing some things that are kind of similar to that. And then, of course, that just puts a bad taste in people's mouth. Um, But I definitely agree. Maybe at one point, maybe some guys did have pre-recorded sets and then they decided, hey, with the internet and with everyone having a phone in their hand and with, with, with all the, the the Instagram and the Snapchats and all this stuff live on TikTok, we can't do this no more. We have to show our worth and our value. We got to perform this stuff live. Yeah, and if you think about it, if you were ever to go to any of the set lists and they always publish the sets and you look at all the tracks that were played, mm-hmm. there's usually two, three or four artists in there. There's no way that anybody could deliver that product on the fly because the changeover from track to track is just, it's too fast. Great. They would lose track. They, they, that the 60 minutes, the 60 minute set might be comprised of four or 500 pieces. There's yeah. just no way it could be done. Well, we all have theories on this and I hope one day we get to see it and witness it full hand. And I want to say one other thing to yeah. the people that think ultra's whack. <laughs> It is, I can speak from experience, it is much more difficult, much more difficult to build an impactful set of that style in the software than it is to DJ live. I agree. And and that is where the artistry comes in. Yeah. Well, speaking of artistry, at the end of every talk segment, we usually have our mix segment. So uh, like we are going to get into today's mix and we will start it off with weekends by Freda reddings the coffee and candy remix let's go you're tuned in with coffee and candy we have some great music for you coming up tracks by skrillex dom dollar own boss and many more but first freya reddings with weekends with the coffee and candy remix coffee and candy remix.
Shorty, she ain't nothing like me. Yeah, about to catch another flight. Yeah, the apple bottom make him wanna bite. Yeah, I just wanna have a good night. I just wanna have a good night. Hold up. 
boy sure could do what you want. I go on and on and on again. He blowing on my phone, but I'm ignoring him. He thinking he the one. I got like four of him. Yeah, I'm sitting first class like bad Victorian. Uh, came a long way from rag to riches. Five star bitch, yeah, I taste so delicious. Let him lick the plate, yeah, I make him do the dishes. Now he on news club 'cause a bitch we're missing. Jeez, about to catch another plate. Apple bottle make him wanna bite. I just wanna have a good night. I just wanna have a good night. Hold up, if you don't know nothing, no.
the helicopter. Candy, bitch. 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 